Welcome everybody to episode 162 of Respawn Aim Fire, the kick-ass irreverent video game podcast from affable idiots. I'm doing karate from Mortal Kombat. Welcome! My name is Chad Michael Innes. We've got here Holden, McGillicuddy, Christopher Adams, Salsa Depardo. Those are all my names. And we've got the dreamiest fan base in all of the world joining us right now. Hey, did you know that every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern, you can put us in your ears with your favorite podcast service from across the world? Did you know that? What? Hold on. Did you also know that you can find us on YouTube by searching for Respawn Aim Fire on there and you can watch us with your eyeballs? Did you know you can this do that on Tuesday morning? This is the first I've heard any of this. But fucking hold it. Plug your little hole and listen to this. You could be watching us right now, live on twitch.tv slash idiots every single Sunday at around 8.30 Eastern Time. That's it. As Just like um, Brent is doing right now, or B-Rent, as his rap persona Ooh, is known hey Brent. in the smaller rap circles. Normally I follow the Twitch chat, but I can't today because I'm restricted with technology at the moment. That's so. all right. I will read it as it happens, no matter what else is coming Thank out of my you. mouth right now. It says... <laughs> Yo, it's Brent. I can't access my account. Brent, it sounds like you're trying to get to Twitch support, not our chat. Um, but thank you for being here. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by Affable. It is, but we will tell you about that later in our episode. We've got a ton of shit to talk about. And by that, I mean a lot of fun stuff, but not so much news. We're going to talk about Iron Man VR demo. We're going to talk about more PlayStation 5 news maybe coming soon. We're going to talk about a bunch of sales it's figures. Like the story of the year. like And PlayStation 5 right. maybe coming soon. New info. Story of the year. But first, an update on the finale of Game Court. I forgot the, what's the tagline of Game Court? Attorney-based strategy for killing people and convicting them. That's it. <laughs> Game Court. <laughs> Last week was a, a momentous occasion where we victim blamed Alex Cozina for uh, for throwing himself in the line of fire in an attempt to commit insurance fraud and get workers comp and money from us. Uh, for, sorry, from Holden and from Dallas. You are the jury. You went to twitter.com slash respawn aim fire. You voted to whether or not Alex was innocent or whether Holden and Dallas were both guilty of murder. In the first degree, premeditated. They did it. We read their diary. And it turns out you all agree they are both guilty. So on this finale of Game Court, we are sending both Holden and Dallas to the Gulag. We'll see if they get out safely. Um, as we mentioned, that is the, the Game Court finale. You might find it surprising to hear that it's very hard to come up with different video game scenarios <laughs> that aren't the same thing every week. So-and-so killed so-and-so in a funny way. And then so-and-so killed so-and-so again. It's very hard to do. So we're going to have a new opening segment next week that we're going to introduce that is yet to be determined, but might be one thing, could be something else. Who knows? We have um, an idea. We have, we have, we have an, a kernel of an idea. idea. We have a kernel Sanders of an idea. Do you like chicken? Me too. Let's get on with it. Hold on. Do you have anything to say as your last words before you head to jail? I would like to say that I, I really think this is a mistrial because I posted the poll and then I messed up the poll. And in the initial poll... I wasn't, and me and Dallas were not guilty. But then I messed with the poll, it ended too early, I reposted it, and it looks like some people didn't re-vote. And so therefore, Dallas and, and, and me are guilty. So I was at the very least, free Dallas. I am the reason that he's hold going it, to jail. Hold on, hold on. I, I think you're missing the point. Like, the trial's over. 
No, the jury, no, 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 there's no such thing as a mistrial. After the trial's done, the jury is voted. You are found guilty. Mm. You're going to jail. Oh, absolutely not true. You can challenge it. No, you, you can can't go up to the next this highest is, court. This is the people's court. This is Judge Joe Brown. It's one and done, baby. If you're guilty. The, it's higher than the Supreme Court. I don't believe the that. only way of getting out of this court is to fight someone and beat them in the gulag. And right now, it's just you and Dallas in there, so you have to fight to the death. Which is why I'm saying free Dallas because he's going to kill me anyway in the gulag. <laughs> I, uh, okay, so before we move on, I promised I would read to you everything in the chat. I'm not going to do that the whole episode unless I find it particularly great to read, but I will read the following. Dallas says, <laughs> which you'll all remember from last week is our call that I made up on the spot. It's our war call for Warzone that has actually now become our Warbone call. So as we go into a match or as we all join the chat, we all go, and I am uh, present while you do it. Brent says, Chad, I hate your sass sometimes. Lol. Dallas says, ha, 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 Chad, hate. Love it. And then finally, Brent <laughs> says, bruh, no one likes making people innocent. Smuh. It's SMH. Shake my head. Well, that's, that's, a, that's a cruel realization. No yeah. one likes to convict innocently. Well, that, that does a terrible phrasing. You but did the, the point- crime. You do the time. Talking about time, let's move on to play time. Where we talk about what we played this week. Holden, I have some really new and interesting things to talk about, but I would like to hear more about whatever the fuck the Blossom King is that is on yeah, your so list. Yeah, so it's actually Blossom Tales. I don't know why. Okay, I wrote I'm not King as interested there. anymore. Is it Tales like <laughs> Tales Miles Per Hour, or is it Tales as in like Tales of Vesperia? Why is Tales that the first thing that came to mind? I was, I was really thinking you were going to say Telltale or something like that, but no, you did Tales of Asperia. Uh, yeah, so it's Tales like a story, like a, okay. like a fantasy story. And I, I, yeah, I was just looking for 2D Zelda games that were, or 2D, you know, Zelda style games right. that are available on the Switch. And there's not a lot. And I'm like, this got good reviews, so I'll check it out. And it's, it's fine. It is a top-down game where you walk into dungeons and there's a boss at the end of it. Oh, wow. Yep. Um, it's no, it's a it's a, it's a good effort, I would say, but it's definitely missing a lot. Like the dungeons aren't exactly a dungeon you'd expect in a Zelda game. There's no puzzles really. There kind of is like hit a switch and then this, you know, door will open kind of stuff, but not those like big puzzle box. Like I need to understand this dungeon kind of moments. It's usually no oh, like I dungeon seven of Link's Awakening kind of dungeons. The one where you're like yes. falling through the holes yes. on the yeah, ceiling. The Eagle's Tower. To land the- yeah. God. Oh, shoot me now. Exactly. No, exactly. That's a good example. Whereas like in this, a puzzle will be like switches on the door or I go into a room and there are these tree things that I can throw bombs at or okay. that I can hit my sword. But this time they're up high, so I can't hit them with my sword. Ooh. So I have to realize I have to throw bombs. And they're it's not really high. a puzzle. It's just, you know, it's not a bad game. Not a bad game at all. It's got an interesting world to kind of explore around. There's some fun enemies to fight. The combat's not bad. But it's, you know, I don't know. I wanted a Zelda game. It's not quite a Zelda game. Do you remember that game that they showed off a couple years ago at E3 called Tunic? That was a yeah, Zelda ripoff, but it's that. a fox. When is that coming out? Apparently this year. Getting close. I, wa- I looked at I was looking at that this week though because I really that was on the list of like oh I'd play Tunic because that's a Zelda kind of 2D style like game and not out yet. Dallas in the chat is suggesting that you play Moonlighter. Have you heard of Moonlighter? 
I have Moonlighter. It's on Xbox I, Game Pass. No, I have it on Switch. I own it. The okay. the thing that I couldn't get into at the moment, I'm not like I don't have really any issue with the game. At that time, I played Moonlighter. I was also looking for a 2D Zelda style game, mm-hmm. but it's randomly uh, generated, and I wanted something more crafted, uh, like Yoshi's so, Crafted World. Exactly like Yoshi's Crafted World, right. but a 2D Zelda game that's nothing like Yoshi's Crafted World, but kind of right. like that. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of exactly like that, but different. But yeah, just like that, but the, uh, the exact opposite. Right. What is the what is the opposite? Yeah. It's the antithesis. Yes. But also identical, congruent. That's the word we're looking mm-hmm. for. Congruent, but also very, very different. Great. You also played Super Mario Maker two, and easy is hard. Yeah. Apparently, whatever that means. Go on. Yeah. So I wrote in the note, easy is hard. What that means is making levels that are easy is actually incredibly hard because <laughs> you can just make a level that's easy. And then it's boring, and you don't want like it doesn't do anything for you. But it's very difficult to make a level that is both easy and fun at the same time. And so last week I kind of talked about how I had, I was getting close to finishing World One, but they let my brothers play a level that I'd made, and they thought it was too hard for World One. And I went back to the drawing board, and well, not back to the drawing board. I kept those levels for later worlds, but now I'm making whole new levels that are supposed to be easier. And I have this new appreciation for Nintendo games. People say, oh, Nintendo games are so easy. I'm like, do you know the work that goes into making a level easy? <laughs> I barely started, and I think it's a nightmare. Um, no, it's a lot of fun still, but it definitely is this challenge of like, oh, I have to think about this in a different way than I was before. But then I found sound effects. And sound effects is a lot of fun to play around with. You can change the songs for each level. Um, so like, if you... You can basically put like a block to represent a sound down, just like you would put a block to represent a, uh, a brick in the game. Mm-hmm. And when you walk across that block, even though you won't see it when you're playing the level, when you walk across where that block is, it'll initiate that sound. And it could be like a boing or something like that. Or it could actually be like, for example, I made one of the songs in my level, the Super Mario Galaxy theme, as opposed oh, to the regular yeah. Super Mario Bros. theme. <laughs> yep, and it's Fucking perfect. I got Galaxy. so excited playing that level. With that music. When is Super Mario Galaxy being a, like released for Switch? <laughs> we'll talk about that ah! a little bit later. Um, and then with um, the sound effects, you can do like the boss music, or when I, mean, I have like special rooms that are like hidden with a key, I put like the bonus, like uh, there's like a, I don't know what the name of the sound is called, but it's like Carol. a. No, like when you find like a special, like hidden secret. In Super Mario World, there's like Dolores. a special uh, song playing in that in that room. You can you can get that sound to put it in a room. Here's the issue: is you can only put a certain number of sound effects per level. And oh. I ran into this problem where oh. I wanted to have the end of this one level have a peaceful sound to it, so you kind of knew you were getting towards the end. And that got that that became very hard to pull off because by the time I got halfway through that kind of ending area. I wasn't able to put any more blocks down. So instead I had to like figure out where I could draw a line of those sound effect bricks that you're constantly running through them, but they're not taking up the entire level. But I know that if the player were to stop at a certain point in that level that just happens between two of those lines of sound effects, that it would go back to playing the Super Mario Galaxy theme. But then if you take a step forward, it goes right back to the peaceful sound again. So like there's some jankiness to it, but I'm like, I'd rather have the effect than none at all, even if it might get a little wonky and janky. 
on the off chance someone decides to stand still for like 10 seconds in the middle of the level if there just happens to be the worst place. I'm going to do it, and then I'm going to rate your level 0 out of 10. Is there a rating system in the game? <laughs> uh, you can give a boo or a like. Oh, I'm going to give it a boo. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, I just found new things to tinker with in Mario. Um, still working on World 1. Uh, coming soon. I'm just not putting like a release date on at this point because I just want to make it and be happy with what I have as opposed to like, well, that's what I could do in a week. Yeah. So you, but you do have levels for like World Two and Three and stuff like that, right? Yeah. Because yeah, those yeah. are the hard ones that you made already. I have that, and I also have concepts for really challenging platforming stuff that I want to do in even later worlds than that. Ooh. So like, I have a map, like an idea of like what I'm doing. It's really, honestly, the hardest part so far has been figuring out making easy levels. That has been the hardest part of my experience so far. How do I make this fun and easy? That's the biggest challenge. That's that's the biggest challenge of life. How do I make myself yeah. sexually available and fun and easy? <laughs> uh, Chad, what have you been playing this week? I've played a few things. Uh, I'm going to talk kind of at length a little bit about Warboner and Iron Man VR. But first, I'm going to mention a couple of quick things. This isn't really a game that I played, but it is game-adjacent. Uh, and that is an episode of this Mandalorian behind-the-scenes stuff that I watched on Disney+. Plus. I shared it with our group chat. But there's a, a, a series on Disney+, Plus that's like each episode is a behind-the-scenes, a different aspect of the Mandalorian. So one of them is about the directors, one of them is about actors. And this fourth one was about technology. And it started out really, really cool and talking about all the different films Jon Favreau's worked on, from Iron Man and, and Jungle Book to Lion King. <laughs> how they used the HTC Vibe in Lion King to like virtually direct things, and then how they ended up using the Unreal Engine and a giant room with just nothing but LED walls and ceiling to create stuff. Holden, what have you done? Holden, what have I you done? I had my iPad charging and didn't have the microphone. Oh, buttsaholic. Buttsaholic. We'll start it and we'll use your headphone audio for the first part and then the rest of it will be shit. Can I explain the technical, technical difficulties really quick? Technical difficulties, go. Yeah, so I sent my MacBook Pro in for repair, so I'm literally recording into my iPad right now and then Skyping Chad from my phone. And I plugged in my iPad to charge it so I had enough charge to record everything, but I forgot to plug the microphone in... <laughs> to actually record so i recorded audio off of the microphone of my ipad so about the first like few minutes or so it's gonna sound like garbage nice Yay. nice it's not the first few minutes. it'll that. be like 15 minutes it'll be fine uh yeah, dallas is telling me to yell at you i assume it's about Warzone because then the next sentence is get out of that fucking truck holden <laughs> it's too big and slow <laughs> <laughs> but it can murder people it's so powerful here's the thing here's the thing here's the thing so mandalorian so I was watching The Mandalorian. It's a giant room full of just LED screens, LED ceiling, and they use the Unreal Engine to create these environments. And then they have technology. They put a little sensor on the front of the cameras so that when the camera moves, it also changes what they see on the screens, like a parallax effect. Otherwise, if you're just kind of moving the camera on the LED screen, you're going to realize, oh, the background mountains are not moving in the same way that it normally would in a real environment. And it is fucking fascinating. And it's all built on the Unreal Engine, so they're working with Epic Games and stuff like that to make it happen. And I can only imagine how Ep the Unreal Engine 5 that was just shown off two weeks ago, how much that's going to improve that whole setup. But it's fascinating. You should, Everyone should go watch it. If you're like me and you bought Disney Plus for a year on day one and you regret it because there's nothing else on Disney Plus, then this is one thing that you should go watch. 30 minutes worth of, of worth. 
question for you, though. Was The Mandalorian running in real time on a PlayStation 5? Oh, it was actually running off of a PS Vita. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Vita's powerful. I know. Vita means life. That's what that quad-core processor does for you in a Vita. That's right. Holy shit. That's right. They were using the back touchpad (laughs) the whole time. Uh, Next up, I played some more of The Order 1886. Getting closer to that plat. It is our barf game. Backlog, accomplishment with Respawn and friends, which is something that you get to vote on as a patron at patreon.com slash respawn aim fire or something you get to play along with after everyone has voted on whatever it's going to be. So if you are a normal ass person, ass person, uh, and, you're pl- and you're playing with us, you can do that this month. We are going to be recording that sometime in the next week. We'll let you know the date. What is our next game for June that everyone voted on, however, Holden? Can you check for me, Chad? Because I can't. Oh, that's right. Uh, the next game, it was a it was a contentious tie for a little bit between Alan Wake and another game that I forgot was on there. But as I really pull it up Alan right Wake, now, last I checked, was like way ahead of everything. Well, else. you're way ahead intellectually, so fuck you. Uh, it is Alan Wake versus Majora's Mask. Alan Wake got fifty five percent of the vote. Majora's Mask got thirty three percent of the vote. I'm happy we're playing Alan Wake. I'm very excited to play. Yeah, that you kind of stacked the cards in its favor. Like you put Braid I on did say, there. I'll, I'll, in my defense, before we even uh, released that episode, people were voting for Alan Wake anyway. Yeah, but you're Alan Wake. And then so. and then the tie happened after the episode was released. So if anything, my pleas to play Alan Wake <laughs> had the opposite effect, but luckily, we still get to play Alan Wake. Perfect. So we are playing Alan Wake in June. And if you want to vote for whatever July's game is, go to patreon.com slash respawn aim fire. Give us a buck. Or give us more than a buck. Doesn't fucking matter. One buck gets you all of it, including new wallpapers, which are coming out this week. Two more things I played. Warboner. Holden. I played that too. Holden. Is this an intervention for me? No. We should have an intervention for you. <laughs> if you would have asked me six months ago, Chad, do you think there will ever be a time in your life when you're playing between 12 and 20 hours of Warzone, of Call of Duty a week? I would have told you to smash your head in a library book until it bled. I think you're the stupidest person alive. But Holden. Until it bled? Until the library book until bled? Until the library. Have you never seen the page master? Jesus, Holden. <laughs> but Holden, that's exactly that what's movie. happening. That a good movie. That's exa- yeah, Macaulay Culkin, the animated books. I assume they bled. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't remember it that well. <laughs> no, that was Chamber of Secrets. It bled oh, ink. that's right. That's right. That's right. And you got to stab mm-hmm. it with the basilisk fang. And then you take that basilisk fang, yep. stab all the other horcruxes with it spoilers yeah i i am playing so much warzone and by that i mean warboner in fact i believe i believe every single night this week monday tuesday wednesday thursday friday even yesterday saturday we played warzone for at least three hours each night it's disgusting and i love it and I'm getting pretty good. I'm getting pretty good. I was running solos. I got like 40-something. It was my first time running solos. We're getting Ws every single night, except for last night. Our goal was to, to open up the bunker. Oh, God, there's this new thing. Bunkers. Jesus, Holden. Jesus, Frank. Um, there are bunkers, and they are now open for business. You go inside, you get all these cool like loot and blueprints, stuff like that you unlock. But they, the way to get into them is so convoluted. There are like... 
there are computers you can go and, and access different codes on, and then you have to unlock the bunker using different computers everywhere. Then there are phone ones, and you listen to the message in Russian, and then suddenly Dallas knows Russian now, and he's telling you what numbers that the messages are saying, and then you got to figure <laughs> out where those correspond to on the map. You go to those locations, and then that opens a door, and you got to go to the door, and you got to try to open it while everyone else is trying to also open it and blast your ass with rocket launchers non-stop. And then there's the red key card. You can get a red key card, and then you have to go to some other bunkers, set of bunkers and hope that that lets you in. There are so many ways to get in these things, but we finally did. In fact, the game after you left, no one was defending the bunker, and we got right in. We all got a really? thing. We got all the different, like, we found the shiny red button, pushed it. Then we rebooted a computer, and there was a countdown happening, which we assumed was going to be to a nuclear thing before the game uh, ended. Um, so that's really cool, having a good old time with that. I'm thinking about buying the season pass, even though there's only like eight days left of it. But I'll get this naked Russian triplet, and we gotta all be the naked Russian triplets with the eye tattoos on our nipples. And that's just that's how you play the game now. We're the triplets. We have our war cry. Dallas said they're yeah. We saw the nuke. Dallas says they're gonna use the nuke. This is the rumor. And Call of Duty lore. They're going to use the nuke to nuke the downtown area in the map, and then it's going to be all destroyed and shit like that for whatever the version two of this thing is going to be. So it's cool. We're using all the right vehicles and abandoning all the wrong vehicles like you and that, that flatbed truck that you just fucking love that's so slow, and you can't jump off mountains with it, and it gets stuck in corridors and shit. Um, it's, a good, it's a good truck. Dallas certainly uh, knows what I'm talking about. Is it? Is it? Yeah, here's the he thing, does, though. I'm getting last it night. It ran over Dallas, and it it ran. Him. Here's the thing. It ran through a tree. It glitched through a tree, and it shouldn't have been able to do that. No, it knocked the tree down and took Dallas with it. It did not knock the tree down. Watch the video. Mm-hmm. Snap, 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 snap. I don't snap. need to. But here's the I thing, Holden. I'm getting to the point. Last night, I had this weird like wave of energy run over me, and I was like. Leroy Jenkins! I was running in, shooting shit out of people, and now I, I know what Dallas feels like in the game. Except for Dallas is always like, oh shit, motherfucker, motherfucker! Oh, this is horseshit, that son of a bitch! But he's also getting a lot of kills and being a badass in the meantime. I'm just going like, whoa, I'm gonna run in here! Oh yeah, you wanna tell me to stay down? Nope, I'm gonna run up the stairs! Got that guy! Ah, feels great! What have you done this time? Why are you unplugging shit? I'm We're so back. sorry, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, yeah, that's Warzone. That's Warzone. You've sucked all the energy out of the room right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a bummer. Definitely. <sighs> all right. No more difficulties for the rest of the thing. No, but You've used all your difficulty cards. I've taken all of them. I've ripped them up. No more difficulty cards. <laughs> but here's what everybody wants to know. Iron Man VR demo dropped out of nowhere this week. Just randomly said, hey, by the way, it's out. And uh, the game comes out July 3rd. There is a VR bundle coming with it. But this demo, it was a like a brief story section. You're up in the sky. You're flying around Malibu, your little complex in Malibu. And then you, there's a plane. You're on it. You're talking to Pepper Potts. You guys are banging on the first class section of the plane. Just kidding. It's your own private jet. There's no first class section. Every section is first class section. Uh, you're banging. Somebody shoots a hole in the wall. It's that ghost lady from Ant-Man and the Wasp. And you're like, ah! And then you fly out. So here's the thing. You play that. And then there's also like a combat trial part of the demo. And there's also like a like a, a course, like navigation time trial um, part of the demo. And this is, this is one of those games. This is one of those experiences that sells people on VR. You put it on your head. And 
it's just like the very first time that I put on VR and tried it ever. And I was just like huge grin on my face, laughing all the time, giggling. And there's a part where you're in the sky and you're just, you're Tony Stark and you're like tumbling in the air and you're like, ah, and then you're like, Friday, send me my suit. And she's like, coming, sir. And then you see the arm, the gauntlet flying off in the distance and it's slowly getting towards you and you stick your hand out in the sky and then it goes and it closes on your hand. And I, every single time a piece of equipment hit my hand, I was just like, oh, and then the other one comes and I go, oh God. And then the one for your chest comes. I was like, okay, I kind of feel like a badass. And then the one for your face comes and it goes straight on the camera. And I shouted, I was like, ah, there's, there's, there's something about the role play. Of, there's there's a lot of role play involved in VR, obviously, because you are now immersed so much in this world. But there's so much to be said with how they make you feel like you want to pretend you're Iron Man. Like it's something to go through the game, like as Iron Man, and then there's there's another level where they're like they want you to try to actually act like you are Iron Man. For instance, there are so many times when like on a loading screen where you're like your HUD will load up and just fucking looking at the Iron Man HUD in, in real time is so fucking cool. But the HUD will load up and then it'll you'll see the eyes light up and then you hear Tony Stark breathing and you see the fog of his breath on the inside of the mask. And I was like, I found myself trying to match my own breath pattern to Tony Stark's breath pattern <laughs> because <laughs> I was like, oh, I want my breath to match what I'm seeing actually fog up on the screen. So there's that. There, there's the flying immediately, immediately felt completely natural. If you've ever seen a Marvel movie, you know all the things that he does, like from flying really fast and then suddenly putting your hands up and blasting in front of you to slow down and turn around really quickly, like just moving a hand this way so you fly off to the side. It 100% immediately feels natural. And it's all done with holding the move controllers and like you take your palms and push them down to fly up. You push them kind of slightly behind you to fly forward. You can do one palm up and one, you can, you can do any kind of combination and it all feels immediately incredibly familiar to you, especially if you're familiar with Iron Man. And I loved it so much. The combat took a little bit of getting used to for me because uh, they rely so much on the little buttons on the move controller and the little buttons on the move controllers, they are the triangle, circle, square, and X or cross symbols. But they're not the same position you're used to them being in. Exactly. On the on the controllers they're identical in in spots. But in the game, they they don't say press triangle to do this. They say press the outside top button. Because on your right hand that will be the circle button, on your left hand that will be whatever it is to kind of turn around or turn left, turn right. Or press this button to the bottom right button in order to hover in place or press the anyway. So they were getting used to those after not really using them in VR. Usually in VR, you only use the trigger on the back and maybe the move button on the top, which is the huge button. So it took a little bit of getting used to for those. Uh, and then there are two main parts, two main types of combat you got to play in this. One of them is you're uh, using the pulses on the on your palm of your hand. And then one of them is where you are using the rockets that are on your forearm. So you're like pointing your arm like a fist versus like, and then you're like, pew, 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 like that. <laughs> And that's all done by literally just, am I holding my controller like this, or am I holding my controller like this? And it switches back and forth between them. That's based really on subtle. It. it is really subtle. And I found and for the most part it worked well. On audio, it basically tried to curl his wrist, and that was basically it. Right. If you imagine Iron Man, he's pointing his palm at someone to shoot a laser out of it, or shoot a, a blast out of it. Or he's pointing his fist at someone to shoot rockets out of his, his forearm. 
And so, yeah, you're just doing that with the move controller, tilting it up and down, and it recognizes that pretty well. The only time I felt like it had trouble is when I was trying to shoot something that was below me, and it couldn't quite recognize that wrist movement below oh, me as well. Yeah. It still did it like maybe 70% of the time. But, you probably don't put many enemies below you, though, for that reason. Well, you have full freedom in flying wherever the fuck you want during this. Oh, I thought it was like an on-rails experience. Oh, no, it looks that way from the demo. But no, it is huge, wide-open areas, and you are flying all over. And you're encouraged oh. to constantly keep moving. That changes everything for me. Because I saw the trailer for the game. I'm like, oh, it's okay. It looks like an on-rails shooter where you happen to be Iron Man. So that's, no. that's not the case at all. That's huge. Okay, that's yeah. awesome. So yeah, and you're encouraged. Because if you stand still and you're just shooting people, then they're all going to shoot you and you're going to die really quickly. So you're encouraged to continue to fly up and down and dash to the side and stuff like that. Whoa. And it is, it's, it's so good. But so the thing that surprises now. me... Hold on, hold like, on. The thing yeah. that surprises me most is the ability for this thing to track you in full 360 degrees. There are buttons, like you, as I mentioned, you can hit the top outside button on the move controllers to turn 45 degrees. If you tap them both at the same time, it flips you around 180 degrees. Or you can literally just twist your whole body 360 degrees. And somehow, even though it's a single camera system and the move controllers are completely obscured, it is flawless. Like, zero tracking issues at all whenever I started turning around. Because at first I didn't trust it. And I was using the 180 degree flip a lot. But by the time I got to the end and I was doing the combat trials, I was just like, let me, let me just try it out. And it was flawless. It floored me. Um, so I'm very excited. I don't know what kind of voodoo they're doing behind the scenes to make that happen. But I am so excited now for this. And it's going to be like a full... Like a full-on game. Like they said, an entire campaign experience. Like It's not going to be just like a three- to four-hour thing like Batman was. This is going to be a full game, which is really exciting. Yeah, that that's a completely different experience than what I thought it was based on the trailers. And I guess like it, it's a marvel to me, no pun intended. Oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> um, that it... It does make you nauseous. Like it sounds like the movement. You're moving around so much. Oh, not at and all. So fast. Like, would would this be a good first VR experience, or do you think you have to be a little seasoned in VR to jump no. into this? No, there, there's, there's so many. Obviously, with VR games nowadays, there are so many different types of like concessions you can turn on. What is my turn speed? Do I does it have a vignette effect as I turn so that it keeps my cone of vision very narrow? Um, but there's also a little bit of a you would think this is a bad thing, but there's a little bit of a on your HUD as you turn your head, your HUD kind of like takes a second to mm -hmm. follow. It doesn't; it's not one to one, and yeah. I think that helps with it somehow. But it, yeah, I 100 percent zero zero getting sick, zero nausea. It was just I 100 percent think this is a great game to just jump someone, drop them into, and say, hey, this is what VR is, and let them just have fun. Hmm. Dallas asks, what controllers are you using? It's it's only the move controllers. You don't play with a DualShock because you need both hands to be shooting in different areas. And Yeah, there's actually a bundle they're going to be releasing at launch that has all that included if you don't have it already. Yep. Yeah. So I'm very excited for that. That's coming the same day that Hamilton drops on Disney+. Plus. We're sponsored by Disney+, Plus this episode, by the way. Was that coming out next year? It was coming out, yeah, next October. But now it's coming out on July 3rd. Wow, that's, that's quite Do you even change. read our group text thread? There's <laughs> so many texts Jesus in that thread, it's impossible to keep up. What are you doing? You're sitting at home doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing nothing. You're making Mario levels. And Unity. I'm doing Unity stuff too. Oh, Unity. Speaking of Unity, let's talk about things that are games. Yeah. Fetch quests. These are our quests that are like 
stories from the week that are not really meaty, but we feel like they're worth mentioning. The first of which is Obsidian's Grounded gets a public demo. This is that Honey, I Shrunk the Kids game that was shown off at E3 last year, I believe. Uh, getting this a public year. demo in June. Was it E3 hasn't happened this year? No, I was saying I think it was shown off for the first time this year. I don't think it was shown off last year. You think so? Yeah, I think so. It was shown off in January and or February before coronavirus ever happened? Yep. I don't think that's true. I'll look it up on one of I my many devices an, I, I think it was an use. Inside Xbox event, yeah. You're an Inside Xbox event. Because Obsidian did Outer Worlds last year. That's when they announced. You're Outer Worlds. That's when they announced um, so yeah, that's getting a public demo. It's going to be a timed demo. So you have to do it between June 9th and 14th. Uh, and that's going to be part of the Steam Game Fest Summer Edition. There will also be an Xbox... Okay, Grounded XO19 reveal trailer November 14th, 2019. In your oh, face. Okay. In your face. It wasn't E3, though. It wasn't E3. It was next No, but it was last Xbox year. Event. So your mom... There <laughs> is an Xbox right, demo. <laughs> it, since it is now an Xbox Studio, there is an Xbox demo available on the to select Xbox Insider members if on a first come first serve basis. So if you're part of that program, if not, it's a free program and you get like exclusive access to beta features and shit like that. That might break your Xbox. And then next we have a slew of of numbers, whether it's user numbers, sales numbers. Starting with Final Fantasy VII Remake and its launch last month sets new franchise sales records. Says Chris Carter at Destructoid. Currently, it is the best-selling PS4 game of 2020, and it is the third best-selling game of the year so far. And I'm curious. The... Go ahead. Considering it's a platform exclusive on PS4 for the for the first year of release, that's pretty impressive. It sold 3.5 million units in its first three days as well. I'm very curious the discrepancy between number one PlayStation 4 game of the year and number two. <laughs> I'm I don't sure know. it's huge. What other games would would it be on PS4? Exactly. Doom Eternal, maybe? That was multi-platform. What else came out this year that's not on Switch? That's that's the thing. Resident like, Evil 3? Well, yeah, I don't, and none of that is going to compete with the hype of Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. N no way. No way. More numbers. PlayStation Now reaches 2.2 million subscribers, says Matthew Handrahan at gamesindustry.biz. Sorry, I'm having some like burp up hiccups right now in here. Um, that's more people than I thought for PlayStation Now, however, completely eclipsed by the Xbox Game Pass members that we saw from last week, which I think was Especially when you consider million. how much longer it's been out than Xbox Game Pass. Right. It's only been priced competitively for about, I don't know, six or eight months, but. Yeah, it's it's been out forever. We also have Dark Souls franchise numbers, and they hit 27 million units sold worldwide. And in fact, Dark Souls 3 alone sold 10 million of those. That comes from Will Harrison at PlayStation Lifestyle. And then finally, last number. This is insane. Grand Theft Auto 5 has sold over 130 million units, says Merdad Kayat at Dual Shockers. 130 million units. To put that in perspective, last week, the Resident Evil, the entire franchise, every single Resident Evil game just passed 100 million units sold. Yes. This is a single game. that did. I wonder if they count the fact that Grand Theft Auto V just went free on Epic Games Store this week, or last week. I wonder if that's counted as sales. It probably is. I don't know. I don't know. Either Who way, knows? it's not like that's going to be a huge percentage of the 130 million. I don't know. It but I'd be curious to know. Game stores. Yeah. 
As soon as it yeah. went free, it crashed for hours. Uh, a couple more stories in our fetch quest here. One is that Star Citizen, that game that might never come out, that's making millions of dollars and is the highest funded Kickstarter of all time, uh, is free to play until the end of the month. So if you're curious what that looks like and you have a PC, go play some Star Citizen, says Vicky Blake, a Eurogamer. Uh, a couple more. We've got Tony Hawk 1 and 2 remasters will be untainted by microtransactions, quote, at launch, says Destructoid, so Destructoid's Chris Carter. They did mention, however, that if people are asking for more content and they want more things, they will certainly consider putting them in after launch as a microtransaction or download as well. But that's good to see that's that, thoughtful. like... Yeah, I like that idea because I, I don't want to have to like, oh, you get this these five skaters right at launch and then you have to pay 49 cents to unlock all the other mm -hmm. ones or get a battle pass and you get skaters every time. I'm, I'm tired Especially of everything if it's a remaster. Like yeah. here's a skater that you played before the original version of the game, but now you can't until you give us Where's Spider-Man? Show me a trailer with Spider-Man in it or else <laughs> I'm not sold. Speaking of battle passes, Respawn opens a second studio that's dedicated entirely to Apex Legends. We talked about last week them not continuing on with the Titanfall franchise, but now that they have a dedicated studio for uh, Apex Legends, who knows what the other part of Respawn could be doing. Maybe they're doing a sequel to Jedi Fallen Order. Maybe they're making something completely new. I don't know, but Brett McAdonsky does from Detroit. By Detroit, I mean Destructoid. <laughs> oh, what a night. And then finally, we've got one more announcement from Summer Game Fest. Uh, their schedule adds two showcases for June and July. From Brianna Reeves at PlayStation Lifestyle, the events will take place on June 20th and July 22nd. First of all, thank you, Jeff Keighley, for spacing these out and letting us know ahead of time so that, as we mentioned last week, I don't have to get hyped five times a week for the next six weeks. <laughs> um, Jeff Keighley uh, will host each showcase, and Double Fine and I Am 8-Bit will produce interesting to see because they actually left e3 before it was canceled double fine and ape i am ape it did so i wonder if this was in the in the cards the whole time the following companies are confirmed to be at the event akupara games annapurna interactive the behemoth finji kaolu knights longhand electric mwm interactive panic sabotage studio skybound games team 17 that game company tribute games and us two games a lot of really good uh indie games in there indie game studios yeah. in there so look forward to that later in June and July. July. And uh, that's it for our fetch quest, Holden. Yeah. We're going to transition into our Microsoft quest log now for just a little trot. A little trot? A little trot through Microsoft land. Since 2018, <laughs> Microsoft has purchased seven established studios. Compulsion Games, Double Fine, In Exile Entertainment, Ninja Theory, Obsidian Entertainment, Playground Games, and Undead Labs. And according to recent rumors, Platinum Games could be in the cards except platinum games has not received acquisition offers from microsoft says sato at silicon era what a cool person to have one name i'm gonna name my kid one name and if they choose to take my last name they're <laughs> they're fired they're grounded <laughs> so apparently during an interview with vgc platinum's games head at sushi inaba discussed the rumors of an acquisition by microsoft uh i'm gonna read a couple of quotes here uh, he said, I, didn't, I did read some rumors about Xbox wanting to purchase Platinum Games, and I thought, quote, people on the internet write the craziest stuff because that conversation has not come to our doorstep at all. That said, we're not Microsoft, so we don't know what happens behind their doors. We don't know if they had any thoughts about it possibly. 
We've not had any talks like that, but I think even if it was a possibility, we're now going into more independent self-publishing. It's not that we're disinterested in Microsoft, but if the relationship were to be us working under their direction, I feel like that would be the opposite of what we're trying to do now and limit our possibilities. Any opportunities that would limit our freedom, I think would be, uh, I think we would be against. So hold on. Platinum would be a big get for Microsoft. They've had a partnership in the past with uh, Scalebound. I always, Scalebound. I always yeah. forget the name of that. And in this case, Worked they're out too great. big to want to be bought. Yes. Uh, but do you think they're even looking at all? It looks like Platinum is not one of them that they're courting, but do you even think they're still looking for studios? I I don't know. I mean, I, I, we'll find out if they announce any new ones, obviously. But I feel like they have a good lineup right now. They don't need to have more studios than Sony. I think they need to learn how to work with the studios they have. So I'd rather them show that they have something from these studios to show off before they announce another line of studios that they're going right. to buy. We but don't I want them to do... be the next... The next. Um, what's the game company that's buying all the IPs but not doing anything with them? Oh, is it THQ, THQ Nordic? Nordic? <laughs> yeah. 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 Why? Stop buying things and finally release something. They want to do like a Game Pass kind of service, I think, with it. I think it's like the rumor. Um, so, yeah, I don't I don't know if they're going to buy anyone or not, but I was thinking about, like, who would they buy if they could? Like, if money weren't an issue, which is Microsoft, it's not. <laughs> they could buy anyone they want. And they don't really have... A lot of the developers they have are very good developers. I'm not saying this to put down any of the developers, but they're not the biggest studios. Like, Double Fine. Great studio. I haven't played their games, but like you have a very good reputation. They don't really make AAA games. In Exiles, making like Wastelanders 3. That looks like it could be a really good isometric RPG. Doesn't exactly look like a AAA game. And if you compare that to what Sony has... Uh, Sony, I mean, I, you know, the track record you know, speaks for itself. They release really, really high-quality AAA games. If they're going to buy a studio that can output that kind of stuff, I actually think From Software wouldn't be a bad get for them. They're extremely talented. They're partnering with other companies for publishing all the time, which is what Microsoft could really help them out with. And I think it's a great studio just to say, hey, do your thing. And when the game is ready, you know, we'll publish it. You know, for you, I think that'd be a good setup. I don't know. From Software's looking to get bought. I think they're obviously doing very, very well. On right, we just own, read twenty-seven think, million in the Dark Souls franchise. Yeah, exactly. But I think that's a reason that Microsoft might want to get them is they release very, very high quality games that speak to a hardcore audience that would absolutely buy an Xbox just to play From Software games, and they release games frequently. I mean, you think about since Demon Souls, which was what two thousand nine. Demon Souls, Dark Souls, Dark Souls 2, Bloodborne, Dark Souls 3, Sekiro. That's six high-caliber games released in 10 years. Studios don't output like that very often at, at that, that consistency of quality. So I think that would be a good get for them. But it's a, it's a far cry from probably happening. I took a look at it and tried to figure out what are they missing in their stable of games. Right now, mm -hmm. it's anything. They're missing anything in their stable games. <laughs> <They're missing anything>. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. They got Forza. People love Forza. But what I really think is a glaring hole is AAA, the, the, Sony's bread and butter. AAA franchises that are like the third-person action adventure with characters we can really, that are human, that we can connect to, and that we can really relate to. And mm -hmm. I, Because I think about Nathan Drake, and I think about Ellie and Joel, Peter Parker, who is the most relatable person on the planet. And then you have uh, 
Cole and Delson from Infamous. You have um, Aloy from Horizon Zero Dawn. Like, all of these people that I can just relate to so well because they're human and uh, I have this connection with them. And then I tried to think about the same thing over on Microsoft's side and you have Master Chief who we've literally never even seen his face. How am I supposed to connect with a helmet? And then you have Marcus Phoenix, who is a giant gorilla person whose neck is the size of a tree. And he talks like this, and we just chop shit with chainsaws. I was like, I can't make, a, I can't make an honest human connection with that. And, and then the only thing that I've come to think of is, is Senua from Hellblade. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I feel like they are missing characters that I care about. They're missing a, yeah. a stock, a stable of characters that I want. Because you, if you tell me there's going to be a game with Aloy in it, I was like, cool. If it's in Horizon Zero Dawn universe, great. If it's something else and she just fucking magically time travels, I don't care. It's a game with Aloy, I'll play it. Or it's a game with Uncharted, like Nathan Drake. I don't give a shit, I'll play it. Yeah. I, I do think that one character you've kind of forgot about is is the seasons in Forza Horizon <gasps> the, 4. Fuck, how could I forget the, the seasons? seasons? It's, it's, it's they like change a character everything. in and of itself. They change everything. It's a character in and of itself. God, yes. Uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like, there's not a character that I really care about on Microsoft's front. I think another one worth mentioning is like Cortana. But even then, like mentioning Cortana is almost like a joke to be like, "Yeah, Cortana is a character I really care about." I don't play. I'm, I shouldn't say that. I don't. Know, I'm not a big Halo person, but I don't feel like people have that kind of connection to Cortana. No. And it, they own Rare. They have Banjo Kazooie. They could easily be one of their mascot characters. Like I don't know. It's also it's also hard to connect to a bear that literally just goes. <laughs> but, they, <laughs> but imagine a Series X exclusive version of Banjo Kazooie. Oh my god, and it's just the bear from the Leo DiCaprio movie, The Revenant. And it's that bear. <laughs> it's that bear specifically. He's just going through the ripping people to shreds. <laughs> they could totally bring that back. That could be a character that they have. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, actually, I think technically Banjo No, Banjo Kazoo, because it was released on Xbox. I was trying to think, is that a character that Nintendo owns? But it, no, it's a, definitely a rare character. Mm-hmm. I think by giving it to Smash Bros, though, they kind of let go of of bringing that back as like a mascot-like character. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't say they're not bringing it back. Bringing it back as a mascot-like character. As like a forefront, like this character means Microsoft. Oh, and we also gave him to Smash Bros for Nintendo. I don't think that would happen. I don't know. Well, we will probably never see. Probably not, no. Let's and move good, on to our Sony Quest. Banjo Kazooie sucked. That stupid fucking <laughs> quiz. <laughs> that quiz. You were so butthurt over that quiz. Oh, this awful, awful. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> let's move on to our Sony Quest log. So last week we got our first good look at the Ghost of Tsushima trailer. Sorry, Tsushima. Uh, and we now have some more details. There was a comment in the demo about Jin the Ghost being dishonorable, and it made you wonder, like, hey, is there going to be an in-game morality system? After all, this is Sucker Punch, and they did Infamous, and that had a good and a bad track on it. But we do ha- now have from PlayStationLifestyle.net, Brianna Reeves says, don't expect a Ghost of Tsushima morality meter, says developer. Jason Connell, who is the creative and art director of Ghost of Tsushima, Tsushima, put the emphasis on the right syllable me, clarified, quote, we realized it was more important to us that we wanted to tell a human story of someone who is this way and has to evolve into something else versus transform completely into something else. He doesn't flip back and forth. It muddled it up, muddied it up for us. We really wanted the story to reflect his transformation. 
So aside from not having morality system, we also got clarification. Ghost of Tsushima will be a difficult game, says the game director. This comes from Cameron Hawkins at Dual Shockers. And both Jason Connell and game director Nate Fox discuss the game's difficulty. Quote, we are trying to make a grounded game in that sense. So a couple blows from the enemy will kill you, Fox said. We watch samurai movies and people go down with one or two strikes. And that is embedded inside of the combat. Beating the Mongols in battle will be hard. And it's that challenge that makes it feel alive and the victory rewarding. You can't just run into a camp and fight five people at the same time. You'll get overwhelmed and die. That's from Nate Fox. And finally, uh, Jason Connell says, One thing we didn't show at State of Play, which I wish we had, was that the game features duels against other expert swordsmen. This is classic samurai stuff. Those fights are incredibly difficult, and they're driven from personality and get solved in the most cinematic way possible, which is also true in, uh, to fantasy. You need to study your opponent and understand how they attack in order to win. Holden, we now know even more about Ghost of Tsushima, and now it looks mm -hmm. like it's going to be even more your type of game. Maybe. Are you jizzing out your eyes? You know you love that hard shit. You know you love Sekiro. Yeah, it's not necessarily that I love difficulty necessarily. It just I like the challenge that From presents and how they build up to those challenges. Um, I, I don't know if that's going to quite be replicated in an open world design the way that from software handles it but it's definitely exciting i think that one thing i do like about Sekiro is knowing that if i mess up there are dire consequences for that and it sounds like that's similar here like if you mess up that could be it and that part is appealing to me but it really comes down to like how strategic how how much does being strategic actually help you out in this game how much does you know, thinking outside the box or trying something else or combining different resources, how much does it actually help you to get to that that combat scenario? Or when we kind of like saw that combat scenario in the game, it looked like you were kind of just doing a counter, then you could kill a guy. You could do a counter, then kill a guy. Is it just timing and, and only timing of just knowing, hey, hit this button then and then you can kill a guy with a counter? If it's it sounds, that... It sounds so much like actually learning them and their personality and their moveset. Yeah. And and if it is that, and it does sound like that, then I'm totally on board. The samurai showdowns, those look more appealing to me. Because I like the one-on-one -on -one fights. That's what was appealing to me about Sekiro, was the one-on-one -on -one fights. And they've shown those before. Like at E3, obviously not last year, but the E3 where they showed off Ghost of Tsushima, like the first gameplay demo of it. Was it E3? No, it wasn't E3. I, I, I don't know what they, but remember. they showed a demo of the gameplay, and there was a point where one of the characters you saw early on in the demo is a character you actually have a sword fight with. Is like you were by a tree, and there were flaming leaves kind of falling around you at the same time. Like it was a cool moment, and I I look forward to those kind of scenarios in it. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm glad we're learning more about it, but it is increasingly becoming a game that I feel like won't quite be my jam. I'm still gonna play it. But yeah, I don't know if it's going to be my jam. We'll see. Moving on to our Nintendo Quest Log. We've got a lot of hardware uh, type stuff for Nintendo. COVID continues to impact the game industry, and Nintendo was hit more prominently than other console manufacturers. But luckily, some parts of Nintendo are bouncing back. Uh, the Nintendo Switch has popped back up in stock, says James Picard at Eurogamer. Um, so some things might be too good to be true. Uh, it turns out it did come back, and then it's still selling out. And in fact, I feel like every single day I get at least two or three tweets from Wario64 saying, it's back in stock on Amazon, but it's going in and out. You're going to have to get lucky. So if you're still looking for a Switch, follow Wario64. 
I checked Everyone the US stock be right that. before we recorded, and there were two units available on Amazon in the US. Ooh. I'm willing to bet if you're listening to this now, they're gone. Oh, I'm willing shit. to bet. <laughs> but some things actually have gotten better, though. One of them is the Nintendo repair services are gradually reopening, says Jenny Leda at Silicon Era. Uh, pending repairs will be handled before new repairs, and warranties that expired during the two months that they were um, there was a closure, they will still be honored as well. So if you had any kind of issues with your Switch and you couldn't get it repaired during COVID-19, you now can. For Joy-Con specifically, the online repair portal has been reopened. So if you're having some Joy-Con drift and you need that fixed, surprising that that's still an issue several years later. Uh, but for safety during COVID-19, Nintendo had the following statement. Uh, quote, repair center staff will clean and disinfect your products after they arrive and right before they are packaged and sent back to you. Similarly, the staff is following preventative measures to put in place related to the COVID-19 pandemic in accordance with the local guidelines to protect workers. So you can get your shit repaired and it's going to come back to you squeaky clean and virus free. And finally, uh, an, the end of the saga is a little bit of a low note for Nintendo. There's a rumor out there that no Nintendo Directs may be released in the near future. This comes from Alistair Wong at Silicon Era. Nintendo has allegedly been telling studios and publishers to, quote, find other ways to announce their big news. An example that we might have just seen of this was Paper Mario Origami King's sudden announcement, uh, and it looks like that might be Nintendo's strategy for the remainder of 2020. It's just little one-offs here at a time with a reveal on Twitter or with a a little bit of a press release and to IGN, and that's might be how we find out about Nintendo's news for the next six months. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I don't. I don't know how to feel about that because I love the directs, but I also love the idea that, like, when I found about Super uh, Paper Mario Origami King, I just woke up and oh, there's a trailer for a new Nintendo game, and I love the idea of just waking up one day and being like Mario All Stars Two with all the 3D games, is real, and it's happening. And it was just a surprise. I just woke up one day and found out about it. Like, that's exciting. That's cool. But I don't know when it's going to happen. And I want it to happen right now. Now I just got to wait until some point. Like, it could be in August. I don't know. Yeah. So there's some good parts and some not-so-great parts about it. But I think it does confirm one thing, if this is true, is that they don't actually have that much to talk about for the rest of the year. Possibly. I think this Mario All-Stars might could possibly maybe be all that we get. Dear God, don't let it be true. Don't let it be true. Uh, <laughs> Dallas does say no direct anytime soon. Back rubs, Holden. Back rubs. Mm, can't do it. You owe can't us back it. rubs. I don't remember the exact thing, but there was something about like, hey, if there's on a Nintendo Direct in May or something like that, you owe us back rubs. And I don't see any video evidence or audio evidence of me saying such a thing. So I don't. Except I it's can't. all over the internet. People are sharing it left and right on Twitter. <laughs> Let's just Definitely. say my back is waiting for a good rub. We're going to move on talk about our main quest in just a moment. But before we do, I'd like to tell you about... <laughs> Sorry, I just punched my light over here. <laughs> oh, my little beady heart. That was a stupid reaction. You were so scared. I'm going to tell you about Apple Idiots. It is the new brand under which our products and podcasts live. Like this one, Respawn Aim Fire. And our other one, AAWI. And also with you, which is another like Mr. Rogers type podcast. Where today we talked about fucking idiots 
not wearing masks outside. <laughs> I think somebody said it's a Mister Rogers style podcast, and I'll also <laughs> say a curse word right now. We do, we do, we do. Uh, that was right after our <laughs> our game that we played called "Pee, Poop, or Fart." Finish the quote from the cinematic work of art. Um, so it's a great, great fun time, but we want to do so much more. For instance, this week we just released the Fast and Furious Ten trailer uh, on our Affable Idiots YouTube channel. So you can go there and watch that. You mean and Universal Pictures did, and they used our channel as an outlet. Right, exactly. We have a, an yeah. exclusive partnership with Universal Pictures and Hot Wheels yep. to, <laughs> to bring you the next Fast and Furious movie. Um, I hope so, they can make those moon babies to repopulate. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> so it's go in check the trailer. It's not a spoiler. Go check that out. It's over on our Affable Idiots YouTube. How do you get there, you ask? Well, you have to go to YouTube and actually search for Affable Idiots because not enough of you have subscribed to us yet. So go there, subscribe to that YouTube channel, subscribe to Reese Name Fire, and subscribe to AAWI because we need 100 subs on each one in order to get a vanity name like youtube.com slash Name Fire. You can also support us in two different ways. You can also go to your favorite podcast service, rate us some stars, make it five. If you make it four, how about you take an ice pick, smash it in a library book until the ice pick bleeds, and then you lick the blood off the ice pick, and it tastes gross and like iron, and you're like, ew, and now I have this taste in my mouth. And that's what you get for leaving us four stars, so just do five. Leave us a little comment in there, too, because we'd love to read them. And then finally, you, you can go to... Can I, can I say a nicer thing there? Yeah. If you give us four stars, put a comment telling us why, so we know how we can improve and make ourselves better. At least put I a mean, comment. You could also do that with five stars, though. Like You can you give could. us five stars and then give us a comment about how we could improve. But you should be brutally honest. At least put a comment. That's all I'm saying. If you're going to do that, at least put a comment. Let's just say if you don't like listening to this podcast, don't rate us and just stop listening. <laughs> we don't need your views. <laughs> but we do need your YouTube subs. Thank you. <laughs> Finally, you can go to patreon.com slash respawn aim fire uh, where you can go and get a bunch of cool perks like a, uh, an exclusive wallpaper that drops every single month. It'll be dropping this week. You have the ability to influence what we play every month for barf. So while anyone can play the barf game, you get to decide what it is. Uh, and again, we voted for order 1886 for the month of May. And for the month of June, you all voted for, fuck, what was it? Alan Wake. Alan Wake. Mm -hmm. Alan Wacky. And then finally, you get to play with us on game nights, on Thursday nights. Uh, this week it was Warbone. And Friday night. Um, and Friday night, Nintendo nights. That's right. That's right. That's right. We have uh, Mario Kart. Actually, for the month of May, it's still Mario Kart. And then the month of June will be TBD. We'll announce that. On a date, TDB. Sorry, that's an office quote. And that's it. That's it. That's all I want to talk about before we get to our main quest, mostly because I have to poop. Sony confirms PS5 games reveal is coming soon. Holden, I have a couple of articles that I want to read here, some talking points about them, and then we'll talk yeah. about it all together. Yeah. All together. So let's first say Sony finally talks PS5. Sorry. <clears throat> let's back up. So another week, there's another story about Sony, maybe, possibly, sometime in the near future, discussing ps5 and it's a promise that we've heard many many times except now with a little bit of credibility thanks to playstation lifestyle.net and chandler wood says sony finally talks ps5 just to say it plans to show off ps5 games soon <laughs> great they announced during their ceo during their meeting uh ceo kenichiro yoshida claimed that they would introduce a compelling lineup of titles for ps5 soon uh this perfectly aligns with the ps4 Sorry, the PS5 June 4th event 
and the official PlayStation magazine confirming that PS5 titles will be in their July issue. So, another office quote. What does soon mean to you? I don't know. It could be a couple of days. It could be three weeks. Great. We'll see you soon. I just watched that episode today. Get out of here. All that in mind, Jeff Grubb, who started the June 4th event, rumor. Rumor has it. <laughs> Sorry. Now every time you think of Ruber has it, Matt sings McGruber has it. And now I sing McGruber has it. And now I can't stop thinking of that. Uh, <laughs> got new insight about Sony's next event. So this is titled, Not E3, colon, When to Expect Sony and Microsoft's Next Big Summer Event. This comes from Jeff Grubb at VentureBeat. So although the event is still planned for early June, Jeff Grubb is saying the original 4th of June date has slipped. It also will not have as many uh, titles as was initially rumored because a lot of these companies are now choosing other outlets uh, or their own messaging in order to release them now in the absence of E3 uh, or the Sony thing. But whenever Sony does decide to start discussing their PS5 lineup, there are some surprising and not so surprising news items. One that's less surprising is that, surprise, Gran Turismo 7 is real, maybe. <laughs> uh, a couple of things have gone around the internet this week, <laughs> one of them being... I think it was PlayStation UK or play, one of the PlayStation... No. Someone very high with credibility just casually put like, what's your favorite racing game to play on Twitter as a poll? And the bottom one was Gran Turismo 7. <laughs> I was like, hmm. You're just kind of casually thrown out there that that exists. Uh, Gran Turismo 5... Or sorry. Gran Turismo 7 PS5 leak uses, quote, mock logo circulated online, says Source. This comes from Liam Croft at Push Square. Next Level Racing, which makes accessories for racing games. Uh, they asked their audience on Instagram which racing game they're looking forward to in 2020. In the photo, they used different game racing logos, and they were featured including, and they were featured including an unannounced GT7 logo. So similar to what I just talked about on the Twitter poll. And then after being called out, Next Level Racing deleted the post and they issued a statement. This is like the biggest like, hey, this exists, but we fucked up, and we promise it doesn't exist. Uh, uh, we're going back on everything we said. Here's the actual quote. Our team has recognized that Including a recent... Including all the uhs. They wrote uh, dot, dot, they dot. They wrote uh, in the dot, 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 yep. Our team has recognized that a recent post by us using a logo has been misinterpreted by media, and it does not reflect any information from our end, and we deny knowing any information regarding the launch of GT7. There have been assumptions made in the media that are quite simply untrue. Due to this, we have decided to take down our previous social post. Our graphic design department used the mock logo that is circulated on the internet. No such logo has actually circulated online, and Next Level Racing has yet to disclose where the logo came from. Hold on, I'm going to pause there before we get this lengthy thing about Silent Hill. Yeah. What's your take on everything we've talked about so far? Um... First of all, I'll just go to um, the Forza Gran Turismo Seven. I think that's a great game for Sony to launch with the PS Five, actually, because it can go uh, side by side with Forza, and yeah. Forza is not a next gen exclusive game. And it doesn't mm. matter. It doesn't matter if the Series X is more powerful, and Forza, you know, ten will end up looking better than anything PS 5s Forza could do later on. Doesn't matter. What matters is that. Grand Turismo 7, if it's really a next-gen exclusive game that's really happening, which sounds very likely, will look really fucking good and run at like 240 frames per second, all that other, all that other kind of stuff. And Microsoft's going to have Forza to show off. 
So that's that's just going to look good in Sony's favor. Then you add on top of that, Forza, not Forza, uh, Gran Turismo, well, also Forza, but Gran Turismo is a really high-selling franchise that has done historically very, very well for Sony, and I think people would absolutely buy, if they're fans of that franchise, they'll absolutely buy a PS5 to get the newest version of Gran Turismo 7, especially if the kind of vibe, the haptics built into the controller, oh, the yeah. DualSense controller, like, work well with uh, Gran Turismo, which... I you think feel like you're the driving on the rubble on the shoulder versus driving on the pavement. Yeah. Yeah, I think they mentioned this too. Like, oh, if you were to hypothetically have this in a Gran Turismo game, like this is from the Wired articles, I think. Uh, if you were to hypothetically have this in a in a no, oh, what was they said they had a build of Gran Turismo Sport, was it? Where they had the haptics working because apparently the haptics was actually going to be released on the PS4 Pro, but they decided. It'd be better if it was a next-gen exclusive thing, and that kind of started the trend of it, as opposed to having this like mid-generational thing where some people have it, some people don't. And they had all that working in Gran Turismo Sport, so like all that makes sense where it's like, yeah, that makes sense that Gran Turismo 7 is going to be there, where it's just time for a new game in that franchise. They've kind of talked about how some of the features have, are going to work really well for that franchise already, and they've said that without mentioning the new game, and then, come on, that logo... That, that that was totally legit. That yeah. was so legit. It didn't look like a fake logo by any means either, like something that would circulate across the internet. It looked completely legitimate. Yeah. The, the Being a good launch game is something that, like, racing games always look really good to, and they're a really great way mm. to sell visuals on a new console. Yeah. I feel like way back on, like, the PS2, Xbox, that, like, that era, there was always, like, a NASCAR game that looked really, really great that launched right at, at launch because fucking look gorgeous so i feel like that would be a really smart choice in addition to all the reasons you just said because it's easy to make it look really well not maybe not easy but they always traditionally look incredible compared to mm-hmm. all the other games they're closer to photorealism than i think any other genre of video game has gotten so far absolutely i, I in the last generation they already look photorealistic in so many ways yeah so i can't even imagine especially if you think about a ps5 with its solid state drive being so fast that sounds like it's tailor-made for or not tailor-made, but it would work very well with a racing game where you have to load an assets really fast because the cars are moving really fast. They're moving keep up so fast. Cars. Like at so least fast. at least 12 miles an hour. And that's faster than I can run. <laughs> at least 12. Uh, Dallas in the chat says he's not feeling my hat. So fuck you, Dallas. Um, <laughs> maybe if I washed my hair today, I would not be wearing a hat today. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag quarantine life. <laughs> Hashtag quarantine life. Well, it's really a sunburn life because I have to take oh. really cold showers now and I yeah. can't stand. So I'm just like getting really cold and like washing just my armpits and my butt crack and getting out because it's like, mm-hmm. whew. Anyway, a little less about my butt crack, a little bit more about Silent Hill. More rumors continue to spread regarding Silent Hill reboot. This is from Dennis Patrick at Game Ranks. <clears throat> now I'm about to read a tweet thread from Aesthetic Gamer. Um... I want to start by saying, one, take everything he says with a grain of salt because he misspells the word separate three times in his tweets. (laughs) He also used the word collaborated when he meant to say corroborated. Uh, He he does not have a very good command of the English language. But I do believe that he's probably a native English speaker. So I just want to put that out there. And if something says... It doesn't sound right. It's him, not me. Aesthetic Gamer, <laughs> also named, known as Dust Golem, and notable for pretty much every single Resident Evil 8 remover that we've talked about recently, uh, took to Twitter to share some information about what he knows about Silent Hills returning. Again, this is a six-tweet 
rant. I'm going not a rant, but onslaught of grammatically incorrect and misspelled words. Here we go. <laughs> Just to clear up some things about Silent Hill PS5 from what I know. A hundred percent things. So these are things that are hundred percent in his mind. In 2018, Konami shopped around with different studios, excuse me, for two pitches to fund development of a reboot and an episodic Silent Hill game. I knew this from a personal friend and an email from from. I assume he says from them. Someone separately. Neither got the job, but I know this as a fact. In late 2019, a separate close friend in Japan informed me of a Silent Hill game that was being developed in Japan that had started development at the start of 2019. I started doing some personal investigation from this. A lot of dead ends, but others collaborated this, and I did learn about something else which helped the latter, but promised not to talk about it. I separate this part of the story as all of that is stuff I can 100% verify. The rest, I believe, and have been shown solid evidence, but the following I have evidence to believe, but I can't verify the details. God, this is a mess. But it is from someone (laughs) who would know, and I verified their identity. So to lay the details of this put straight. One, it is developed by Sony Japan Studios and will be PS5 exclusive. Two, Toyama is directing. Akira Yamoka is composing. Masahiro Ito is doing art. Various Siren slash Gravity Rush developers and some others are working on it. Three, this has nothing to do with the Kojima or Silent Hills and that probably is not happening. Four, Sony is not buying IPs. That's bullshit. Five, the game is not a remake. It is a soft reboot so that it can be someone's first Silent Hill game. Six, the game is playable and has a demo that will be shown off after the v- uh, shown around after the reveal. Seven, the details of this are not murky. There should be no miscommunication. Just to lay all of that out, if all true, except parentheses, I believe it though. The guy used the word like starting it like seven times in one sentence and believed 30 times. Okay, Holden. If you could, if you could take all of that and mentally figure out what he was actually trying to say, <clears throat> what would you assume is is the takeaway from this? I think the takeaway from this is this guy has talked a lot about Resident Evil Eight and all the things he knows about that, and now this. And do you know how much evidence we have? Any of it is real, or any follow up of like, oh, that thing that he leaks turned out to be true like remember when resident evil 8 was supposed to be announced sometime in april according to him boy that sure didn't happen i don't know if i believe this i really don't i i can tell you my words here but i feel like it would be a bad move to rely on silent hills as part of your launch wherein i feel like it'd be pretty much common sense that as soon as the silent hills game gets announced if it is true the discussions and comparisons to playable teaser pt which was silent hills will never end and all that'll happen is the conversation around this new silent hill game will be well why wasn't this the kojima one unless this game looks unbelievably great and takes some serious inspiration from that playable teaser yeah i I feel feel like like it's not a great move and i don't believe him because of just his track record hasn't been validated i feel like that when when this happens because i do feel like we're going to see another another Konami game at the least, let alone a Silent Hill game, um, when this happens, they have to make it as far from PT as possible. Mm-hmm. So that they can say, who the fuck cares what PT played like? This is something completely different. Stop comparing it to that. Um, 
the Konami does have like a history with exclusivity on PlayStation consoles with like Metal Gear Solid. Um, however, it seems like recently they've been trying to make that less so. Like you can play every single Metal Gear Solid game now on an Xbox console without, with the exception of uh, MGS4. So it looks like they're trying to kind of expand and become more multi-platform and mostly just pachinko machines anyway. <laughs> so I'm not quite sure if, if the PS5 exclusivity part of this is true. And if he says, so he, he mentions this is 100%. Oh, no, sorry. This is something that he believes is true. And it's that it's developed by Sony Japan Studio. So it's developed by a first-party studio with the license from Konami. So it's not even Konami developing it. Um, so it's interesting. I don't, I don't know. There's so much iffiness to it that it's. I find it hard to believe any of it. Yeah. And, and I hear what you're saying with like Silent Hill. It has, it has to be super different. Yeah. I kind of feel like no matter if it's re- really similar or super different, I feel like it's going to get the comparisons anyway. And I feel like they wouldn't want to touch that. I don't know. I just It just seems like I would be upset if we don't get Silent Hills. I want to play that game. That we're they're not gonna, getting. Gonna have we're, there's no way we're going to get no, that game. No, there's no way we're ever going to get that. But like, I really want to play that game. So I just feel like I know that as soon as I see this game, I'm going to go, this is cool, but I still want to know what that other one was was going to be i don't know i also think that there's been a lot of rumors for launch games for ps5 i don't think make a lot of sense the two main ones being demon souls and this i don't think you want to have a launch game that's a niche audience title i don't know man they had knack knack did great sold a lot of copies (laughs) (laughs) uh knack yeah knack is an odd example there because i think it's a good one to bring up on your point it's a odd thing for sony to push because it was like trying to go for for familiar but it wasn't familiar at all at the same time like they're kind of going for the like character platformer um which i think does speak a lot which is why i think uh to speak to a larger audience which is why i think that ratchet and clank is still a good option because it has a very wide uh range of audiences that it could uh, that going to play it from like the nostalgic audience to just younger audiences who never played Ratchet and Clank before. Um, but I just don't see Silent Hills as like buy a PlayStation Five. It has Silent Hills. Remember that franchise you haven't played in forever. It'd be like saying like, "Hey, we're bringing back Duke Nukem for the PS Five launch." Like, aren't you so excited for this older franchise to come back that had a shaky history? And I just it would have to be a really, really, really impressive demonstration. Yeah, I agree. Before everyone tears us apart in the comments and on Twitch, I know Holden knows Silent Hill is the is the series. Silent Hills is the game that never existed. That well, would I use interchangeably? Will never exist. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't have much to say more about this, other than he's now thrown so much stuff on the wall that like he can say he was right about something if anything gets released. <laughs> yeah, I uh, also I we kind of missed a few. I missed a few things I want to talk about, too, with the earlier stuff, which is the event itself and them not having as many titles they're going to have. Yeah. Uh, the date is whatever. I'm, I'm sure it's going to be in early June still. I don't think it's going to slip that much. But I think it's a good idea to have a very focused first event. I think people are going to want a all the games shown off. Like the launch date, the price, what the box looks like. Like I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see the box in the first event. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't talk about price. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't talk about like launch. I wouldn't. I, I expect to just see some games. And that's I w- it. 
I would expect to see games and maybe some some like software OS features, like what the create button does, maybe. Um, okay. Yeah. Like it's those kind of things. Like when they showed up the PS4 for the first time, not the box, but mm-hmm. the software. They're like, this is share yeah. play, and this is how this will work, and like that kind of stuff. I would expect to see maybe those type of things along with the games, and maybe how the games interact with those features. But yeah, I think I think you're right. I don't think we're gonna see all of that at one event happening digitally. Mm-hmm. In whatever early June that we end up seeing it. Yeah, I even think like the the create and share button stuff. I mean, depending on how they introduce it, if they say like, "Hey, this ties deep into the game," so when you're playing F- Gran Turismo Seven, this is how you can share really quickly and create something. Like, if they can demonstrate like that, I think that'd be really cool. I can also see them just doing a YouTube video where like, "Hey, here's what those settings look like." Um, right. I think that because I, I recently or like a month ago, a few weeks ago, rewatched that PS4 event from February 2013. And they just showed off so much of that event. And I'm like, there's no way PS5 is going to get this big, excuse me, this big event like that where they show off multiple games, they show off the, the, the new controller and what it's capable of and all the specs. And mostly because they've covered a lot of that already. They've already shown the controller. They've already talked about the specs. It's really just about seeing the box and playing the games. And they need to draw that conversation out for the next like few months. And they also a benefit to having these like isolated announcements where it's like just the games for example is then you have podcast beyond game scoop podcast uh the kind of funny xoxo like podcast you have all these different podcasts who are just gonna be talking about those games and then in a few weeks they're gonna be talking about the xbox the ps5 like design and then that trickle is gonna work better for them and i think that the create button and all that is a good trickle because I think that's very popular nowadays. So that really could be its own like big discussion piece. Um, my question is, when are they going to start talking about some of these controller things and how that integrates into the into the games? I think that would make sense to have coupled with the games. I can't. Um, there's an article I didn't include in, in this week, but I think it's relevant now that I think about it. There was uh, who's the guy who made Thomas is alone? Is it Mark Bithel? Mike Bithel? Mike Bithel. Yeah, he was on uh, Alana Pierce's podcast, and I actually heard it, um, and then saw his news article afterwards. So I'm like, oh yeah, he did say that, didn't he? <laughs> I totally like missed that. He basically said that he, without spoiling too much, that he's had demos of the DualSense controller, and it's mind blowing. And he didn't want to say anymore. He was literally looking. Yeah, he was like, I'm looked- looking to see. Is this public yet? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can I say this? And he was really impressed. So it gets me thinking, like, okay, there's more to that than that we're not hearing, and I want to hear more about that. So I'm saying, like, okay, there's a lot of things they actually have to start talking about. They're not going to do it all at once because then people are going to talking about the select few things that were interesting to them as opposed to the whole picture. But we'll see what happens. Shout out to Mike Bithell. He has a new, like, audiobook podcast type thing. Mm-hmm. It's, like, I think it's seven episodes. It's really interesting. It's a sci-fi thing. And there's – he has um, – I can't remember any of them off the top of my head right now, but he has a pretty good voice cast on it too. <laughs> That's it. That's all we got for the main quest. Yeah, you have anything else you want to say? I can't wait to see it. Woo! PS5. Me neither. We've got one subscriber, one Ryan subscriber interrogative today. It comes from Dallas. It's another Dallas Mary Fuck Kill. Ooh. Holden, are you ready for the three games that we are going to Mary fucking kill? I think this is going to be pretty easy he- for you. He offers some very challenging ones where I really have to consider. So I think you're going to be okay with this one, though. Okay. Warzone, Siege, mm-hmm. Destiny. Oh, this is easy. Yeah. What's your <laughs> answer? What's your answer? So, first of all, I'm going to kill Destiny. I knew you would. I knew you yep, would. Yeah, we're going to kill Destiny. And, it, you know, it's, it's a good game, but I like Siege and I like Warzone more. 
I really, really, really love Warzone. I'm gonna have to marry Warzone, and I'm gonna I'm gonna fool around with Siege. Ooh, fuck a random operator. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Warzone, you only get one operator unless you buy the season pass, and then you unlock them so slowly unless you have Modern Warfare. I, ugh. I mean, but all we really need is the triplets. So fuck everyone else. I'm going to. So here's my thing. Siege, I feel the least competent in. Of those three games, when we play them, I feel like I'm doing the least good for the team in Siege. So I'm going to kill that one. And then it comes down to Warzone and Destiny. And Warzone, you get those highs from those dubs. And I get those highs every once in a while when I have like a good game. But man, there can be some lows. There can be some times when I'm like, I die in the first two minutes of the match and then I just watch Dallas destroy everyone for the next 20 minutes. But Destiny... I feel like a god in Destiny. I feel like a badass until the big guys come in and they make fun of us. And they're like, what are you guys even running with? Do you have, do you have the Cyclops <laughs> Deterion launcher thing? No. Oh my god, how long did you start playing this game? But in general, when I'm playing with our friends, I feel good in Destiny. So I'm going to marry Destiny because I can spend so many, so many days and months and years with that game. I'm going to fuck Warzone because when it's good, it's good. But when it's bad... We'll drop out there. And then Siege is going to die. We're going to move on now to Game On Game Show. The Game On Our Gaming Show. We play a game called Game On. We play a game in the game, 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 game. Hold on. We've got three entries in. Now flesh it out. Now flesh it out. Yeah. We're going to take two games. We're going to mash them together. And we're going to decide what might this game look like if this game had sex with this game and they had a baby child. Oh, Lord, that log had a child. As opposed to a baby adult. Baby right. child. A baby child. Baby child. Did you know that a manger is a food box for animals? <laughs> nope. Baby child Jesus was born in a food box. <laughs> I learned that this week. Our first pairing for Now Flesh It Out, Now Flesh It Out is Gone Home in the Fulbright Game Studios, Steve Gaynor, and Grand Theft Auto. What does Gone Home cross with Grand Theft Auto look like? I've never played Gone Home. But you know what Gone Home is. And I've been spoiled on it, I'm sure. Grand Theft Auto. But you know what Grand Theft Auto is. I know what it is. I played Chinatown Wars, but I don't consider that like a traditional Grand Theft Auto game that I have a good idea of what those games are like. Um, Jeez, what would this be? Okay, so you get, you go back home. You've gone home. That has to be in there. Mm, mm, And your parents have been arrested and you have to find out something about them <laughs> so you're, you're looking around their house there we go that's that's what here's my thought you're still exploring a house but rather than like the nice mansion that this family had and gone home it's like a crack house and you're exploring okay. you're exploring a crack house and there's like people that have overdosed in the corner and shit like that but rather than going around and finding like little letters from your sister and things like that that you can piece together their stories you're finding letters from like hookers and from like murder victims and like crack addicts and so you're just like reading all of these memoirs by people who are like high out of their minds right now or it's like oh yeah i beat stacy with a steel covered baseball bat yesterday that had nails sticking out of it her head exploded on the street as i drove over her in a car it's like sounds really gruesome but that's what people do in gta and this is just learning more about them as people i like this here's the goal of this game i Mm -hmm. think you are a drug dealer who's going to this place to pick up some money that you're owed. 
but the person's not there that owes you the money, but they said it's in the house somewhere. So you got to interpret the clues from these like cracked out people who were hanging out in this crack house and like figuring out like, are they just really fucking high and that's what they're sounding crazy? Or is this money somewhere near the, the microwave in a hidden compartment, just like they said it was, or something like that. I don't know, but yeah, there we go. That's what it is. That that was like that's it. a hard one. I like that's it. That's a hard comment. Um, this just this just jogged my memory. This weekend, I was at Golden Gate Park. Speaking of like going to a place and getting drugs, and you did meth. I did meth. No, but I was I was at Golden <laughs> Gate Park and I started biking up this one trail because we were trying. I was trying to meet up with a friend somewhere, and I was like, oh, I'm going the wrong direction. So I turned my bike around and started going the other way, and I came across a guy who looks like a totally normal, like, I don't know, late 20s, early 30s guy. Not disheveled or anything. He looks like a normal dude. And he puts his bike on the side of the trail. He gets down on his hands and knees. And then he lays down on his stomach. He reaches his arm really far into a tree stump, pulls out a little plastic box. And I was like, oh, fuck, this is like a dead drop or a drug deal or something oh, going no, on I know right now. I know exactly what this is. What is it? This is the uh, geotagging game. Geocaching. <gasps> oh, somebody did tell me about that recently. Matt told me about it, I think. Okay, okay, that's okay. What it is. I legit, I was just like, I'm not going to acknowledge this guy. I'm going to keep walking, look straight ahead. <laughs> <laughs> this guy obviously is doing hardcore drugs. And <laughs> Okay, okay. Number two, Super Mario 64 crossed with Metal Gear Solid. Okay. It is just Metal Gear Solid, right? Okay. It's just it's just that game. But you have Mario's character and Mario's moveset instead of Snake. So to like <laughs> sneak around, you're like doing special jumps and things like that to get up to locations without being seen. That sounds like a total blast. A stealth, like speedy platformer. That sounds awesome. I was going to say, I don't know, those controls sound awful for a Metal Gear Solid game, but then I remembered the controls for Metal Gear Solid, and I was like, no, those are awful controls. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of want, like, a, like, take it the other way, where there are paintings, and you're jumping inside the paintings as Snake, and each one of them is, like, a different, like, kind of like maybe the VR missions. Maybe this is the Metal Gear Solid VR missions, but rather than just being a menu, they're actually just, like, a warehouse full of paintings. But I like your idea better. Finally, The Witness crossed with Wipeout. (laughs) What? Yep, The Witness, which is that hard-ass stupid puzzle game, and Wipeout, the racing game. Also a hard-ass game. Wipeout's tough. Ass game. my, My head is going in the direction of you do the line puzzles that you do in The Witness, but you m- move the line by racing in Wipeout. And you have to make the right turns at the right point at the super high speeds. And that sounds impossible. So here's here's what I'm thinking. It's kind of that same idea. But you are you are this god character, and you have the track in front of you. And you just have like a bunch of different nodes and pieces and things like that. And you have to piece together the puzzle in a way while the car is going on and you have to do it before the car like if the car is traveling on a road before that road ends you have to figure out the next piece to put there to match up and then you are building the track out to get to the end by the time the car actually finishes going around it Ooh. does that make sense yeah 
I don't know. I hate the sound of it because I hate the witness so much. <laughs> <laughs> no puzzles, no puzzles, no puzzles. Oh, the witness is so good. Get Fantastic out of my mouth. But yeah, if you don't like puzzle games, there's no way you'll ever like the witness. Nope. No way. Nope. I remember the day you got it and you're like, hey, come over and try it out and watch me play it. And I watched you like for like 15 minutes. And I said, nope. And you're like, no, come on, try it. Just play it yourself. I was like, no, I've seen all I need to see. This game is miserable to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for Game on Game Show, and that is it for episode 162 of Respawn Aim Fire, the kick-ass irreverent gaming podcast. You have a few things you have to do. One, go watch the trailer for Fast 10. Two, go to YouTube while you're there. Subscribe to all of our channels. Three, play our barf game, which is Order 1886. Send us your thoughts about it. If you've already played it in the past, you don't have to play it again if you don't want to, but still send us your thoughts on it. You played it the first time. Uh, and then finally, go to patreon.com slash respawnamefire. Vote for July's game eventually, whenever that poll goes up. Get your wallpapers. Play with us on game nights, Thursday and Freitag. That's it. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We love you 100. Until next time, here's our universal sign-off. <laughs>